The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. CD, Go, Alpha, Grape Juice, Ribena, Mountain Dew. Hang on, what are you doing? I was doing a sound check. Is that, but hang on, why were you saying those words in particular? Is that like an actor's <laughs> no, thing? Is that like one of those like warm-up exercises? Yeah, yeah, but well, I was just making it up. Okay, so yeah. that wasn't like a... No, that's not so a genuine... You, I don't, there is a, the only vocal warm-up I do is uh, Woi Woi War Memorial. Hang on, tell me what that one is. Well, it's woy to, woy war memorial. It's because Australian men. Uh, woy woy war memorial. We don't use. We we often keep our lips still when we talk. It's that kind of. We just talk like that, and so sometimes it's hard to hear. So a way to practice just, using. Just for the record, you know how we were just speculating uh, before we decided to do the mic check. Uh, why is Ramona in here? Yeah, it turns out it was to just come in and fart. Oh Jesus! Then, I just got it as you yeah. said that, and then leave. Oh, farting yeah. really is the fourth oh, dimension, man. And then she just fucked off. She oh. just came into this mostly That's airtight room. Terrible. Uh, yeah, man. Like this, I don't know what's going on with her at the moment. But I think she's eating. It's not, it's like she's eating shit and then shitting it out, then eating it again and shitting it. I don't think that is what's happening. But um, she's actually eating. I've been making them food, but uh, to try to combat this. Have we started of, the show? No, well, I am recording, so we could have. Yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's start. Okay. I mean, Ev- it sounds okay. So. <laughs> Everyone relax. This is Dope Up. Uh, I'm Charlie Clausen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did it so far in, I forgot how it went. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forgot too. <laughs> okay. Thanks go, to the go point. Again. Uh, 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 that, uh, I've never, I've, I've heard you joke about Ramona farting in here uh-huh. on uh, Fofop and stuff. I don't think I've ever, that's the first uh, full brunt assault and it was terrible mate when amy and i uh, a, now i understand why there's that t-shirt with her farting yeah uh, we drove uh amy and i to byron bay to go for a holiday i know you also went for a holiday to byron bay yeah uh, we went for an earlier holiday to byron bay yeah we uh we have it in our contracts we don't travel together to yeah. the same place at the same time yeah for podcasting rules like the yeah. royals <laughs> Um, and uh, only for the royalty of podcasting yeah. and us. <laughs> yeah. We're like that weird cousin that you're like, they're royalty too? And they're like, we are. Yeah, they're the ones who inbred to it's keep the bloodline pure. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we, we decided that we would uh, get this place where we could take the dogs. So uh, we went to Suffolk uh, Park, uh, uh, that beach That's there. That's also where I stayed. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and there's that big dog beach there, yeah. and you can let the dogs off the leads and stuff. And so, brilliant, brilliant thing for a holiday, a house where they were happy for you to have a dog, and then we're just walking distance down to this beach. Brilliant. Had a really great time. It was really fun. But we drove, obviously, to take the dogs up there. Um, and they were... It was during a storm. Ugh. When we drove up, it was I just... I just imagined oh. what a car filled with two dog farts smelled like, and I mean, and we chilled me to the We bone. couldn't open the oh. windows because it was raining so badly. That, that, like, now, you're someone who doesn't cope well oh, with... I do not, Smells. Charlie. I do not cope well with that at all. And Amy is very smell... Oh, yeah, like, she's, she's even worse than you. Well, yeah, she's not as sensitive as me, but she uh, has a greater sense of smell. Yeah, so, so more things bother her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She's she has some like super sense. Like her sense of smell is yeah, like that's incredible. not that's not the X Men power you want. Is like real sensitive smell. <laughs> she's like a human sommelier. She can tell what I've eaten like oh. hours before. Yeah, she's amazing. From smelling what? Just your skin. I mean, I just guess. I don't even know. Like sometimes I like brush my teeth and stuff, and like wash my face, and still she's like, yeah, you <laughs> you this? Were, and I was like, and you look down, and there's a whole bowl of bolognese in your lap. <laughs> I mean, there may be a hidden camera yeah. <laughs> somewhere around the house. I mean, she may have a live stream of me at all times. Why do you want me to take this teddy bear into the shower? Just yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> when you eat, take the teddy bear. <laughs> Why? I don't understand. When you go out to do your podcast, right. take the teddy bear. <laughs> 
yeah so um we were stuck in this car it was it was it was horrible it was really horrible to be honest yeah there's i so i've started cooking for them so uh do you change their diet like well did i change their diet after the fast yeah, yeah. oh yeah definitely that's yeah. what i'm saying i've started cooking food for them because we tried all the brands of like food and all the really expensive like sciencey ones and shit and nothing was working i mean they are still fa- farts just like, farts i mean they are fatty dogs yeah but here's here's what you've got to realize about them is I think really it's it's, it's 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 really kind of a harm minimization scheme you've got to go for. You can't assume that there is going to be no farts at all. What I think you've got to do again, like the sommelier, is you've got to work out or what, like what yeah. farts you can put out with. Right. <laughs> so what foods like there's going to be farts. You've just got to go. Hey, okay, here's the deal. There is no solution to no farts well yeah. there's kind of a solution which is charcoal tablets but yeah. I don't want to give them charcoal tablets every day that doesn't seem like it's the that's... same as if you have to ride on a school bus with 15 teenage boys there's going to be farts right like it's just part of it what can you tolerate okay so what can you tolerate right so you don't want the egg sandwich day right <laughs> so it's the same with the dogs and so I have kind of been weaning them onto food that is like so I've been cooking it myself I go and get like if there's like chicken Here's the thing about... Because I'm a vegetarian, so yeah. I, I don't ever think about these sort of things. Um, and I always watch all those cooking shows and I love them and I can never cook, but now I've got this compromised position where I can cook... For dogs. For dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's so horrible. You're like, I love animals, but kill them for my animals. Yes. <laughs> so, um, anyway, what I've been doing in the summer, it's summer here and like, you know, I, I like to turn on it's the It's summer in Australia. Because when it's summer in Australia, you know cricket is the number one game in town. Yo, ask anyone around. around. Yo. Yo. From Bunbury in the what, from Bunbury in the East to Bunbury in the West to Darwin to Dandenong, whatever the address might be, me. you, you can, can see, see me on the TV. TV. Well, not just me, but the commentary team. They're sort of my boys, if, if you know, know what, what I mean. mean. Now, I thought Captain Australia is a pretty tough, tough job, <laughs> but it's absolutely nothing. You better look, look it after this, this mob. mob. Let me see. There's Greg and Ann wanting Richmond. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> and and then, then, of course, there's me. And we say, dun, 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 dun. what a marvellous ball. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. What a marvellous catch. Dun, 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 dun. What a marvellous crowd. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> We're the commentary team. And we see the game, it's marvellous. Yeah, I don't know how we got to that. M-A-R-P-E-L. Oh, because it's summer in Australia. Every summer night when my head hits the pillow, I drift off to sleep and I dream about leather. What? And Willow and Bill and Porter and Bernie and Dino and McDermott and Moody. Whoever it might be in the super Australian side, as season's 91, 92. What about Big Merv? Yes, him too. Oh, come on. Is he hero, this man? Oh, turn it up, bull. He may be to you. Well, he's got a lot of guts. Well, he eats too much food. Hey, hey, you do. Look, it really doesn't matter. Look, no one gives a stuff if Big Merv's a little fatter. Oh, my God. Just as long as we're beating those Pakis or Poms or Indians or South Africans, it doesn't matter where they're where from. They're from. It might be India, Zimbabwe, Zendana, uh, New Zealand. If I don't take a breath, I reckon I might just be killing over soon. Come on, Richard can't afford to take a breath. <laughs> This is the best. We may owe uh, Billy Birmingham some money after this, but this is the best. All because you said it's summer in Australia. That when it's immediately, summer. When it's summer in Australia, if you don't like cricket, I can tell you it's a real bummer that. It's cricket number one game in, in town. town. Yo. Yep. Just ask anyone around. MCJ Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Richie and I'm the king. I'm the king commentator. I'm the number one thing, but I'm a singer too and a jammer. And that's when I become MCG Hammer and I feel a solo coming on. Do it, Rich. Yo! <laughs> to anyone born after 1995, how do you explain what just happened? I mean, or to anyone from overseas. <laughs> like, there's people from, like, over 50 countries who listen to this. Like, I assume some of them are expats, but I get emails and shit from people who aren't, and they listen to this, and then that happened. How do they understand what just happened? Well, so uh, there's a comedian writer in Australia called Billy, Billy Birmingham. Birmingham. He's a genius. Like, wh- whether you like his work or not, like, from a comedic point of view, like, the things that he created that people, like, mimic, like, iconic, like, you know, if you talk about, like, Saturday night catchphrases in America, we don't quite have the same thing. Like, the comedy company and a few mm. of those things had catchphrases, but 
Mate, if you want to talk about something that you know off by heart, that every like teenage boy yes. like, particularly knew off by heart, and it was yeah. like a language of communication, was doing these voices and mimicking these fucking jokes. There, there is no joke in my entire com- comedic career that fucking kids have sat around a playground and fucking recited to each other, but we knew those yeah. Billy Birmingham CDs back to fucking front. So what it was, was uh, he basically released comedy albums that were spoofs of, the first one I think was uh, Wide World of Sports, what was the spoof called? Uh, Wired World of Sports. Sports. So basically, you're listening to sports commentary, but it was like, they were comedy sketches, but he was doing impersonations of sort of famous Australian commentators. And look, a lot of it was like making fun of like foreign people's names in a way that isn't kind of politically correct in this day and age. And I think that's good that it isn't. It was quite... Blue, too. That's the other thing. Right. Like, there was a lot of delight in hearing someone impersonate a, a commentator and have them say, fuck. Like, I that mean, was, was awesome. It was brilliant. It was kind of like fan fiction. Yes. It was like really funny fan fiction about sporting commentary, but this like soundtrack to our lives, these characters that we had invited into our living room through our national sport. So we all knew them. Yeah. And then suddenly somebody had just made this sketch comedy thing <laughs> that was specifically about this world. I mean, I guess like when we talk about whether we do an AFL podcast, that's kind of the world of AFL we'd want to talk about. You yeah, know, yeah. the fans. It's the uh, mythology. It's the universe. Mm. Everyone in Hollywood wants a universe. It's right. the universe of, of Australian sport commentary. Because specifically, yeah. where Billy Birmingham really blew up is he did a series of albums that were about... By the, the way, I love that as like a pitch. You know, we're talking about this uh, AFL thing. Yeah. It's, that's a, such a good catch line, which is like, it's not an AFL podcast. It's set in the AFL universe. <laughs> like I, I feel like that's a really good that we just pitched that and then we it. and then we just push back from the pitching desk right. and fold our arms <laughs> and they're like, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Clausen, this is not a pitch meeting. Right. <laughs> You're actually being investigated for murder. <laughs> and we start with a pitch. Yeah. World's worst pitch. <laughs> World's worst confession. <laughs> So, firstly, we've got this great idea for a cockerel under... No, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Um, oh, yeah, so Billy Birmingham... So, Billy Birmingham, so he, um, what he really got popular in Australia for was uh, he did these spoofs that were based on the Australian cricket commentary team. And they were all... The, the great thing about the impersonations is they were kind of... They weren't, like, ear accurate, but they were, they were close enough... That you, they sort of became their own kind of character choice. Well, you know what I think you, you say about that? They were, they were inspired by or they were in the spirit of or yeah. whatever. But often what happens is, and they, they say this a lot with what happened with mobsters. We've talked about this, which is this idea that like uh, at the start, before The Sopranos, The Sopranos came on air and it reflected what mobsters were doing. But because they uh, amped it up and added some mail and stylized that there was a point where it kind of crossed through that mm. and gangster culture, like, you know, started. that mobster culture actually started to like take its cues from the TV show yeah. The Sopranos. And I think you see that pattern repeated throughout lots of culture. You think like, that happened with the commentary team? I mean, yes. I mean, at least our impressions of the, those people like yeah. were formed. The affection we have for them like grew out of these well, parodies. I think in a lot of cases, and that's the best. And thing. all that, like that Bill Laurie shit, like yeah. you know, you know, um, you know, the Victorian, and like you know, yeah. whatever his fucking catchphrase was, uh, you know, it's the MCG and the. Uh, he's, yeah, love him as Victorian. Yeah, yeah, the, all that. Yeah, I love him. him. Love him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with what that, I mean, that you Got him! <laughs> that was it. Got, got him, got him. Yes, got him. The best thing about Fuck it, off. though, was, I mean, you always say, like, you'd love to see Christopher Nolan make a Batman film about a background character. Right. And so, what they did the commentary team is he created a universe behind the scenes, completely right. fictional, really funny, like bizarre and heightened and kind of wacky and stuff. Yeah. But it was, it was just enough that he created, like, personas for those real people, real commentators that weren't necessarily who they were, but worked to comic effect. That's what has made it so brilliant. It's kind of why, like, when I have fantasies about like that... Like, having to give the Chapel Brothers, like, personality coaching. Well, so. I, I often think, like, I'd just love to fucking see, like, a, yeah, Tarantino do a Batman movie, but, like, but not it be the Batman movie. Yeah. So, like, it's that sort of thing of, Else like... worlds. Uh, yeah, it's it's literally one of those things where it's like, no, 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 the, the whole idea of this is we want a Tarantino-style... Batman movie, so mm. it, you could make the Hateful Eight yeah. with just like the Batman universe, you know what I mean? And and 
make that movie, but just make it with those sort of characters and it kind of be like a... And I would love to see that. We'll, but we're getting there. We'll eventually get there. Like, yeah, that's I what think we, maybe. I mean, did you see that there's an article... I feel like if I say it enough on the podcast, it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> there's an article about Netflix that If was, people donate $10 million a month to the Patreon, we will make it happen. Yeah, fucking earth. I think we are, Well, yeah, not even that much. <laughs> Oh, don't, you're the worst <laughs> the worst every time we come up with an idea you immediately go how can we make this worse for us <laughs> we're not negotiating against each other we were on the same team you're like no less I can do it for less I'm like we are I, I am you we're the same person in this deal uh, I, the, I should just go to meetings with gaffer tape over my mouth and when they ask you, oh, why does a kid have the gaffer tape? Right. You're just like, kid don't talk. I'd be like, well, firstly, it's generous calling himself a kid. <laughs> I mean, he could probably play early 30s, but, you know, let's all be honest about what's happening. Uh, secondly, uh, I know it's a bit. He's just, he's the teeth whitening thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's for charity. It's, uh, you know, gaffer so in the negotiations, if they say they have to get both of us to agree to say, you know, they say these ten million, yeah, so you can do your yeah, hate for late starring Batman characters, yeah. Well, is ten million enough? And you say yes, I'd be like, well, you have to subscribe for three months, but there'll be uh, <laughs> we're go- we're going to give you a copy of our uh, AFL podcast. <laughs> Subscriber only if you subscribe for ten million dollars for three months. That's right, Mr. Anderson. This is not a meeting. This is not a pitch meeting. <laughs> You've been investigating murder. This is the the second murder of this week. (laughs) You've taken acid before the police interview. You keep dropping in and out of reality. Uh, This article I was reading about Netflix said that um, they had the. Obviously, they're growing a lot. One of the big success stories. But their business model is not sustainable. And they're talking about how Netflix. What do you mean by that? Okay, so Netflix isn't bound by ratings and, and, and viewer numbers and stuff. They keep all that stuff. They don't stuff release secret. it. Secret. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But Although so- they release it when it's convenient to them. They release the fact that The Hateful Eight is the number one film that has ever been downloaded on Netflix, but they didn't release how many times it's been downloaded. What? Sorry, hang on. Hateful oh, not The Hateful Eight, The Ridiculous Seven, oh, or whatever six. it's called. The Ridiculous Six. <laughs> like sorry. you haven't watched it. Oh, no, I, oh, yeah, I watched it. <laughs> what do you fucking think? Of course I watched it. Oh, the thing is, like, it's one of the kind of... Um, uh, tropes of Tofop is Adam Sandler. Yeah. But I dropped out. I didn't even see Jack and Jill. Like that's. I think I checked out around Zo- Zohan. Can't, he can't beat me, mate. But you... I'll, be there, I'll, be, I'll be there to the fucking end. Yeah. I've seen worse things than that through. Really? Oh, yeah, mate. So There's, it wasn't that bad then? Um, oh, no, it was terrible. Like, I mean, <laughs> I just mean Adam Sandler's career. I, I want to ride it to the right end. I, uh, I just, he'll I, have a Sylvester Stallone-type revival. I don't, think he, I don't think he cares enough to. Oh, no, he doesn't care. He but, does not care. But someone... Some, this movie, like it, like, it would be unfair to fucking telecommunications to say they phoned it in. Yeah, you really. can't implicate a phone in what was going on. It was... The, I can't even remember what the... There were so... Never have so many good actors or good, like, people that you would happily watch for an hour and a half be roped into something that was so not worth any of their effort. Yeah. Like, it was like they had a bet of going, hey, can we get a bunch of people that individually you'd be happy to see in something and combine them together in a way... For the worst the, possible. <laughs> the sum of them all is somehow much fucking less than any of them individually would be. That's um, what the fuck movie is that's my review put on the poster well, but anyway well netflix that is rob net- schneider was happy for the I, work i think I'm that's sure. i think that's the first of a three picture deal that netflix made with adam sandler like he's making these direct i don't happily see adam uh, i wanted to write the fucking movie i honestly at the <laughs> end of it i was so fucking mad that, myself mostly for thinking there would be anything other than what i'd seen but i actually was still didn't think it would actually be as bad as lazy as it was yeah, like right. i was like you know what? And I know it's a fucking arrogant thing to say, and I'm never going to do it. So, you know, I can't even prove that it's true or not true. But I was so angry that I honestly thought about writing the letter. Like, no, uh, the movie, how it should have been written. Oh, right. Just writing it to him. Just going, hey, what if, what if you just done it like this? Because all this, like, 
they went to the effort of getting a fucking like vague plot and yeah. uh, to hang it all on and like a bunch of characters that you could easily write interesting things about. And there's a premise at the heart of it that is comedic, which is essentially like he's trying to track down, you know, something to do with his father and he turns out on his journey to this that yeah. he meets all these other kids that have been fathered by his father and all these diver- completely diverse characters and, yeah. you know, but they're all brothers. Yeah. Right? And they go to find the father. Like, that's okay. That's fine. That'll yeah. do. Like, if you needed me to fucking write something that was interesting or funny about that, I think that's enough. I could work with that in that fucking mystery box on Master Script, my new TV show where they just give you the ingredients of the film. And this is Adam Sandler's new show. Adam Sandler's, Adam Sandler's Master Script. It's like Master Chef. Is this true? It's a reality no, show. No, this is what I'm, I'm pitching. Oh, Colin. okay. So, you know how Mr. Boy, Anderson, <laughs> how many times have to tell you we're investigating you for murder? One more pitch, and then I am <laughs> on the record. So we get Adam Sandler to host like a Master Chef style show. Yeah, about but what scripts. he does is he takes all the ideas and like like budget and whatever that he clearly has. So that's what he has. He what, what Adam Sandler brings to the table is access to all these actors who are happy to work for him. Yeah, you know because he obviously provides a good time and all those sort of things. Um, he provides a budget to be able to actually make the thing and he provides enough of a fucking plot. This is the thing about Adam Sandler films is they all have a through line, yeah. some sort of momentum. They're not a collection of sketches mostly. They're Even if it's like a half a fucking through line. Generally a- about a man-child who learns... Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> right. Mostly, right? But succeeds despite it. The yeah. great American dream. Yeah. So... But he's so watchable and he's got all these people involved. And here's what I guarantee you, Charlie. As a performer, those people are already coming to work that day. Do you not think that they would prefer to be doing something that was actually genuinely good as opposed to the thing that they'll get across the line, you know, through the fact that they're all just there? Wouldn't you just prefer you to do something option. better? Like, yeah. if that's your option, wouldn't you do something better? You don't always have that option. No, but, but I mean... I mean, how... Look, you, I mean, are you, is, it's not like... Tell me... I would have done it for free. I would have done it for a week to write it. If Adam Sandler provided for me a week, I don't even need a wage. I don't need per diems. I will provide my own fucking, like, ingredients because I will be too busy. I'll get some fucking weed and a couple of bottles of wine and I'll get a computer and I will lock myself in there and at the end of it, I will have written your fucking movie. But anyway, I, that's, pro- that's probably not going to happen. Where, where, Where is this happening? <laughs> Wherever. Like in a, the Overlook Hotel, I feel like. A, no, you know what? As long as the chair's comfortable, I'm going to be so engrossed in the fucking like, script and the comic ideas that I won't need anything other than Why that, do you need right? Adam Sandler to do that? Why don't you just do that? Why don't you just think of a plot and no, write no, your no, own no. film? I ne- this is, I, I'm, not the, saying I, I'm not saying I could write a good film independently. I'm saying I could write a good Adam Sandler film. Like if Adam <laughs> Sandler... <laughs> I think the standards... That should actually be... You know, for too long, the Oscars uh, has ignored subcategories, and I think best screenplay, best adapted screenplay, best Adam Sandler screenplay... I mean, genuinely, and I know this sounds like such a fucking arrogant thing to say, but here it is. I'm just going to say it regardless. I do not think that I'm talented enough to write a script myself. I don't know enough about, enough about movies. It hasn't been my like passion. I, yeah, I'm funny and I've seen a bunch of movies. I could probably have a guess at something that might be entertaining enough, but it wouldn't be great. Like, you know, it, or if it were, it would be luck more than it would have been anything that I really know about the process. I don't know enough about it to do that. I don't think I could ever write something that would become something of its own. But here's what I actually believe that I could do. I could make most of Adam Sandler's movies better given a week to work on each. And I honestly believe that is true. (laughs) I've thought about this a lot. I just want to help you. Will, there are so many who need your help. Why? Why? Why just Adam Sandler? Why not the Seltzberg brothers who do the fucking epic movie, scary movie, fucking romantic movie? I can't explain this, but sometimes I honestly have fantasies about the fact that I'm going to become... Like... Some one of the things that drives me to try to succeed more and go into more into that world is literally so at some stage I can help Adam Sandler out. <laughs> I just believe in him more than he believes in himself. And I don't know why, but it's it's true. I'm on board and I can't get off. <laughs> we're going to the end, man. If this was a relationship. We're going to the end. If mate. there's a relationship, Selma I would say to Louise. You, if this is a relationship, I'd say, yeah. Will, look, there was yeah. something there. Yeah. In, when you first met Adam, absolutely a spark. It was amazing. You it had was a great time. You're always happy to see him. Yeah. You know, 
made you laugh, was there for comfort, couldn't have asked for a better companion. Sure. But then he started to let you down. Oh, over and over. To be he's honest. letting you down. But he's and so charming. Th- but the thing about it is that he's letting you down, and even though you're sort of saying this is the this is the bar, uh-huh. you can't cross that. He's letting you down, and by taking him back and giving him a second chance, like you always do, you're actually devaluing yourself. Oh, I, here's what I would say, Charlie: is I absolutely agree with you, but it's mm. too late for that. That's something that I should have done a long time ago, and if I'd walked away then. I would have been fine. But you know what? I've invested in this now. I'm not going to live... The Chances are, statistically, in how I live my life, I'm 42 years old on the weekend, and there is probably no fucking way in the world, and I have not planned for it, so I hope there is no way in the world, that I will live another 42 years, right? So I am on the fucking downward slide, right? You know what? Let me just fucking... You know what? I'm just happy to ride this shit out. I've invested enough of my life in it that, you know what, I'm just going to watch it to the end. I'm just going to see what happens right till the fucking end. Me and Sandler to the end. I'm going to start a fan fiction site. <laughs> when it all falls apart, I'm going to start a fan fiction site You know and what? I'm going to rewrite all Adam Sandler's films. You know what? I actually, I, I was doubting you and then I thought about it and I was like, I always loved Michael Keaton. Right. Love Michael Keaton. Like loved Beetlejuice, loved Batman, loved Night Shift. Michael Keaton started making some films that made me say, What are you doing, Michael Keaton? Right. Occasionally there's like a multiplicity. I'm like, all right. But then there's like speechless, you know, one good cop. And I'm like, Michael Keaton, it's like you're breaking my heart here. <laughs> I want I want good Michael Keaton. But people have said to me he's he's washed up, he's gonna he's been treating you bad. But I was like, you know what? There's something in it, some original spark. One day, I'm going to fall in love with him again. It's going to be like old times. I wonder, and I'm not sure it's true or if it's going to happen, but there is a part of me that wonders if at some stage Adam Sandler might think, you know what, maybe I should try. And when he does try, I feel like it might be one of those moments. Because when he does try, when he made that fucking... um, Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. He does a good job in that. And I wanted to see more of that. And I was always really disappointed that he didn't do more that of a, that. He's done a couple of cracks at it. Like, what's that one with uh, Don Cheadle? He's done a couple of serious ones. And I mean, they're no, kind of not that great. Okay, yeah. But but again, I'm not sure that's because... I mean, and again, I, like, I've given him a lot more opportunities than I probably should No, have, I agree. But, he's but, definitely charismatic. and I, I, think I do he, kind of like the idea current, at some stage he'll come back and he'll actually start trying and it'll be like that moment in the fucking Princess well, you know Bride where he's like, and I am not left-handed <laughs> and then he releases his fucking, he's, the fuck, he's my secret, like the Hulk. I'm fucking Adam Sandler all the time. Isn't that, all he needs is a creed. Like, Sylvester Stallone has been right. like a joke, like a successful joke. But like a joke, pretty much since he made the first Rambo. Like, as he got more pumped up and the films got more ridiculous, people forgot that he wrote and starred in, like, a really great little indie drama, you know? Like, he was nominated for Best Actor when he wrote the first Rocky. Then, 30, 40 years down the line, some 27-year-old director writes some fan fiction about Rocky and Castle vs. Sloan in probably the best version of Rocky that's ever been, like even better than the original film he wrote. Like, Sylvester Stallone always had it in him. He's a star. Like, he doesn't get as big as he is without it. It just takes the right person. Maybe... It's, okay, so maybe, Charlie... Maybe... But Charlie, you've just said the exact thing that I, is my point. Like, you've yeah, said no, it Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, but is that thing of going... Like, Sylvester Sloan got the characters and the world and the thing. Like, a bit like George Lucas and Star Wars. Yeah. There's a I was reason, just going to say you that. You know, yeah, yeah. like, sometimes some someone's ideas are better in someone else's yeah, hands. 100%. Like, you can come up with the ideas. And so this is why my Adam Sandler master script show will work really well. Because you just give good writers the ingredients that he has. And then they go away and they make them into their own individual films. I'm coming around to it. Master script. Right. Copyright. Will Anderson? Or I mean, I'm, I'm happy know, to be involved. Uh, cut a brother a little Adam, if little you cheddar. hear this at any stage. Happy Madison. I, I'd love also me to be that story, much like that young director, you know, who's... I'd love like, it if... And it'd be like, you know, Adam Sandler is better than he's ever been. Yeah. You know, I, you know, he's working with Will Anderson. <laughs> it'd be awesome at the end of every Master Script episode that Adam Sandler came out to hand over, 
like you, I guess you'd hand over like the next draft to say you're on to the next yep. round. And uh, for the- he probably wouldn't do it himself. He'd get Rob Schneider. No, no, to do it. Yeah. no. Rob Schneider would host. Right, oh, yeah. Adam comes out because <laughs> Adam would shoot all his stuff in yes. the in, in Rob like, Schneider in three, would host. in three days. Adam would get there early, yep. shoot his stuff in three days, and be yep. out. But I think he should come out as a different character from one of his films. Oh, so he should come out one as like a fat kind of Happy Gilmore. He should come out as like the water boy. <laughs> Actually, you know what you're saying about Creed, about the idea of him being the kind of washed up ex. What if like Happy, because Happy Gilmore for me is peak. Oh, me. really? Yeah. Happy Gilmore is my favorite Adam Sandler film. I think it's just... I like Billy he, Madison a lot. Billy Madison's good, but I reckon Happy Gilmore beats it in rewatchability. What about Wedding Singer? Good film, but like... Is that if a Sandler film? Not for my definitions no, that I don't it? have strict rules for. But like <laughs> mostly my Adam Sandler appreciation is like based on a, like a gist. Like, yeah. I, don't, I haven't seen enough of his serious stuff to make a decision. I've liked some of it, and yes, I was a bit disappointed by some other bits of it. I've seen enough of his comedic stuff to go that most of the time he disappoints me. Yeah. But at those moments when it's great, and for me, yeah, I think it's... You know, he was the first choice. Happy Gilmore, I think. I, that's, but that's my Creed moment. But you, you get know, Happy Gilmore back as like the old, I guess I think you know, like Happy washed Gilmore, up. Happy Gilmore is... Not Happy Gilmore. That's your twist. What do you mean? Your Creed style twist. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's Happy Gilmore unhappy, as a middle-aged guy. Unhappy has Gilmore. To coach and he's forgotten. A female the, golfer. Yeah, right. A black female twist golfer. It, black female. Nice. Yeah. Played That's, by Rob Schneider. And you can bring <laughs> and you can bring back uh, you can bring back uh, Shooter McGavin. Right. Absolutely. Is Carl Weathers still alive? Yes, but his character's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shooter Junior. No, Shooter's alive. Shooter McGavin. Oh is... no, he's the uh, the other guy. No, what yeah, was Carl Weathers. Weathers guy? Was, Sorry, I, I think forgot. it was just Carl Weathers, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, is no, he playing himself? No, isn't that Arrested Development? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's Carl Weathers. This has been a very toe fop toe fop. <laughs> yeah, we're getting into it. <laughs> who was? Hang on. No, you're right. Uh, Shooter McGavin, of course. Yeah, but who yeah. was Carl Weathers? What was his character's name? I can't remember. He had one arm. That's right. That a, a crocodile bit off. Yeah, but it'd be but his... Suds? No. It'd be... Oh, do we, we have to look this up. Oh, do we? Okay, we'll pause. We'll pause and we'll look it up. Uh, no, we won't pause. We will stop and then I'll remember to put in the looking up music. Uh, okay. I assumed when I dropped the sock, uh, the mic sock, uh, like, and you know that I can't bend over very well, that you would pick up the mic when I handed it to you, that you would put it then just back on the microphone where it goes. But you uh, put it outside improvised on and uh, put it outside on my desk, which is actually further away. I wasn't, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about uh, what we're doing. I'm sorry. What were you thinking about? I was thinking about how I needed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Did you go to the bathroom? Yeah, I got my phone. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, your phone isn't proof. The fact that you hold up your phone, like, and got my phone, like, that proves you went to the bathroom. Well, the phone is in the house where the bathroom is. How did I know that? I'm not fucking checking what your phone is. It's your house. I don't, oh, I don't know where everything is in my house at all times. Sorry. I don't fucking know. Okay. I have no idea. I'm not here most of the time. Shit just disappears when I'm away. What? I mean, things get thrown out or whatever, you know. What kind of stuff disappears? Well, I've, I've, I actually I haven't talked to you about this, but I've talked to Justin on the podcast about this. Those chairs, you know, my chairs that I love. Oh, they're gone. The ones? No, they're not gone yet, but they're, they're on the way out. They're on been, the way you've out. You've been fighting for I their have, uh, for so long. preservation. And yeah. you've said yeah, like, I've, I've spent many uh, a night in, in those good chairs. times in those chairs. Like Amy, bless her, is only holding on to them at the moment because she knows how much I love them. Yeah, she she wants them gone, but they are infested with cockroaches uh, and like they're herpes. broke. <laughs> and, and like they get socked in the and there was two off. homeless guys having sex in one the other night they, no they refused to have sex in one. <laughs> but I love them alright so uh, Happy Gilmore I said Cal Weathers Cal Weathers character's name was Suds and what is his name do you want a hint what, is Suds a hit it kind of no I'll, you know my history of rhyming it sounds me, like uh, it's Tubs a, close Rubs, rub and tugs. Um, if you're a bit fat, tubs. No, you said that first. 
But that's what I would say if you're a bit... Like they call well, okay. Mark Tubby Taylor. All right, but then you're going to your next insult because you've already used tubs. You're okay, being... which is... Uh... Remember, it's got to have ubs in it. Um, oh, my God. Blubs. <laughs> no, that means crying. No, like blubber. Blubs. Look at you, blubs. Yeah, but I'm What's like... What's going on? If you said, all right, go insult me with blubs. Oh, they're going to throw you back into the... Greenpeace going to come down and throw you back into the ocean, blubs? That's not meant to be offensive. That's just an example. I'm not crying. No, blubber. Like whales. Yeah, sorry, but I when mentioned you, you said blubs, and when someone blubs, they're crying. Well, in your world, that's the only definition. <laughs> but I set up this external world of Greenpeace, which everybody associates with like putting whales back into the ocean, and whales have blubber. It's simple fucking like mind association, Charlie. That's not high-level thinking. This is not an episode of Scorpion. <laughs> and with an explanation like that, what a zinger. <laughs> <laughs> World's worst singers. Do you want some trivia? <laughs> oh, I could not want anything more, Charlie. Okay. In real life, Adam Sandler is terrible at both hockey and golf. Oh and then, in brackets, acting. <laughs> no. No, no really? not the last bit. Though. I just added that. In red. <laughs> during scenes, Source needed. During scenes involving Richard Keel, Jaws, he had to stand still or lean on items. That's Richard Keel, I imagine. He's a very big man. I imagine he's got, like, leg issues. Uh-huh. In one scene, it's a fence, and another, it's an actor. And I noticed that when I first saw that film. You know you know who they're talking about? The big guy from yeah. the Bond film, George. From the Bond film. Yeah. And he says to Shooter McGavin, I'll be waiting for you in the car park. He's always leaning on something, like a little person or a post. This was due to severe, a severe automobile accident he had in 1992, where he suffered head trauma, losing his ability to balance without aid. That's not funny. Happy Gormer, you lied to me. <laughs> I mean, no, but he was... That's good. That's Adam Sandler giving someone, like... Yeah. More lines than Rob Schneider had. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, if you're around, if you're Rob, you're Adam's mate, and you're like, he's like, yeah, I've got a part for you in the movie. You are doing less lines than the guy who, due to an automobile accident, can't, can't stand. stand up. We're willing to build a fence into every one of his scenes so you're not in this film. <laughs> The hockey player Happy mentions at the beginning of the film yeah. is Terry O'Reilly. What's okay. the hockey player he talks Don't know. about? Once during a game, he jumped into the stands at Madison, Madison Square Gardens and fought with a fan. Okay, so maybe he's right. the inspiration. I think he's that guy who once uh, jumped into the crowd at Madison Square Gardens and fought with the fan. Ben Stiller took an uncredited role as nursing home orderly. He's never called by his name by any of the characters, but his name tag says Hal L. Hal L. Hal L. Like oh, the food? Oh, here we go. God. Jackie Lamb's got a bloody yeah, issue exactly. with you. He's like bloody hell, Al. Can't even watch me. <laughs> can't even watch bloody happy. Can't uh, even watch bloody happy Gilmore. Well, I want happy Gilmore halal free. I am unhappy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Barker actually studied Tang Soo karate for decades under Chuck Norris and his brother Aaron Norris. Where are the uh, Aaron Norris jokes? <laughs> That's you know what. Hipsters don't make Chuck Norris jokes. They make no, Aaron, Norris, Aaron jokes. Norris jokes because it's like he's lamer than Chuck yeah. Norris, and that's cool. That's that's why it makes it funny. Yeah, Aaron. I hate things that are good. Like what? What are the classic Chuck Norris ones? Chuck, Chuck Norris is like no, Chuck Norris doesn't uh, do push-ups. The earth he pushes the earth away from him. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Norris doesn't do push-ups. Oh, I love Aaron Norris. Look up some more Chuck Norris. I want to give you some more Aaron Norris. This yeah. is the thing. Aaron Norris. Hashtag he, Aaron Norris. What do you think? He, he's a martial His artist, brother, yeah. Aaron, we Norris. Look up Aaron Norris. I mean, I've got to know more about Aaron Norris. Chuck the Norris lesser Norris. Jokes. Like, I mean, he is living in Chuck Norris's fucking shadow. Okay, here we go. Chuck here Norris we go. jokes. Okay. 50 Chuck Norris jokes. From the website, Chuck Norris Facts. <laughs> Mate, if you're not registering AaronNorris.com right now, then you're a fucking moron who doesn't understand the internet. All right. Okay. When Alexander Bell invented the telephone, he had three missed calls from Chuck Norris. Aaron Norris only texts. (laughs) That makes him sound cooler, though. No, no, he's like the only text. Well, he's got a fucking varied personality. There used to be a street named after Chuck Norris, but it was changed because nobody crosses Chuck Norris and lives. Aaron Norris lives in a condo downtown. <laughs> Aaron Norris has a lane? 
Oh yeah, Aaron Norris has a laneway festival. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's there me. used to be a. St- uh, no, we've done that. If you rate this, if you rate this five roundhouse kicks, then Chuck Norris will roundhouse kick Justin Bieber's ass. Yeah, that's what? just a move on. That looks like a meme. Aaron Norris doesn't know who Justin Bieber is. Chuck Norris has already been to Mars. That's why there are no signs of life. Aaron Norris quite enjoyed the Martian. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris died 20 years ago. Death just hasn't built up the courage to tell him yet. Aaron Norris has cancer. <laughs> Uh, fear of spiders is arachnophobia. <laughs> hashtag YOLO. Aaron Norris has cancer. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> fear of spiders is arachnophobia. Fear of tight spaces is claustrophobia. Fear of Chuck Norris is called logic. Fear of Aaron Norris is called... Gay. <laughs> Aaron Norris writes a letter. Chuck Norris and Superman once fought each other on a bet. The oh, loser yeah. had to start wearing his underwear on the outside of his underpants. That's the laziest. That's like a four-year-old wrote that Chuck Norris joke. Aaron Norris also wears glasses. <laughs> Hashtag Clark Kent. Some magicians can walk on water. Chuck Norris can swim through land. Aaron Norris buys $5 bottled water. <laughs> Death once had a near Chuck Norris experience. Aaron Norris has cancer. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the answers are Aaron Norris has cancer. He trades on it pretty hard, to be honest. Won't stop banging on about it. It's like, oh, do you have cancer? Uh, I mean, it's sad, but he brings it up a lot. Do we we go down the Aaron Norris rabbit hole? Yeah, let's go. I want to know. Now that we've defamed him, let's learn something we nice about him. him. No, we what we humanized him. The we, whole point. Chuck no. Norris is that's the whole we point. Did, right? We interpreted him. Aaron. Like that was our interpretation. It was based on real events. Oh. But well he's got a Wikipedia page. Okay. So he's legit. Okay. One thing I know, if you have a Wikipedia page, you're legit. That's how we know we both exist. Born in uh, Gardena, California, on November twenty third. 1951, so 64 years of age. He's a screenwriter and a director. Oh, here we go. I mean, the real talent from in 1983 in to present. So he started his career about 10 years after okay. his brother. Aaron Norris is an American. So he's the younger brother. So yes. Chuck's the older brother, and yeah. Aaron's like the younger brother. Yes. Okay. He's an American producer, director, and actor. He's the younger brother of Chuck Norris uh, and Wyland Clyde Norris. What I love, he doesn't have a hyperlink. So what I love, by the way, is uh, how respectful Wikipedia is. That they pointed out that he was a producer, director, uh, you know, screenwriter, all these things before they got to the thing that most people who've ever looked at this page were looking up, which is, is he the brother of Chuck Norris? <laughs> yeah. Like literally, it's like, okay, let's just get. It should say on Wikipedia, hey, thanks for visiting the Aaron Norris page. Well, firstly, you know he's Chuck Norris's this, brother. This 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 read This kind of smacks of self updated. <laughs> Because you're right, he opens with his resume first, right. and then he says he's the younger brother of Chuck Norris, born March 10th, 1940, actor, and Wheeland Clyde Norris, 1943 to 1970. So if you're telling me that most people are only coming to this page to find out are you Chuck Norris's brother, right. then you also tell us that you're the brother of Wheeland Clyde Norris, right. who doesn't even warrant a hyperlink. No. You wrote well, this he's yourself. Al- he's also dead. Is that why? Isn't it say to 1970 or whatever? Didn't it say? Yeah. Yeah. So, so he didn't do anything <laughs> before he died. <laughs> because he's dead. He was 27. Mate, it's fucking weekend. Like, yeah. If you grew up in the Norris I mean, household, Amy Winehouse and fucking Kurt Cobain nailed it by then, but not everybody did. Yeah, that's a good point. During the Vietnam War, both Aaron and his older brother Whelan... Oh, no. <laughs> I've got a feeling I'm going to regret making yeah, fun of Whelan. Sorry, Whelan. They enlisted in the United States Army. Whelan was killed in action in Vietnam in 1970. Aaron and Chuck Defending went on to Hollywood. your fame. freedom to fucking spout this bullshit on the internet. He died so you can fucking make fun make of him. Make fun of his brother. You know what? That, in some ways, that's honouring him. I guess so. You know what I mean? He lives on. Like, he literally died for that freedom, and the fact that you're exercising that freedom is, in some ways, the greatest respect that you could pay him. Yeah. Somehow, I don't want to get bashed by a Norris. Right. I only said all that for legal purposes. (laughs) 
Aaron Norris began his film career in the movies as an uncredited stuntman. Oh, yeah. I wonder, I wonder who he would have doubled for. I, I just know, can't I think. Like, yeah, right. Uh, he is the brother who stood in for Chuck <laughs> in everything, isn't he? He then moved He's on. He's like, to, yeah, back up, Chuck. He then moved on <laughs> to acting in roles such in films such as Good Guys Wear Black, oh, yeah. A Force of One, yeah. The Octagon, okay. and Lone Wolf McQuaid. Now, yeah. I know that the last one definitely is a Chuck Norris film. Judging by the names of the other three, I'm also assuming that run through films. them again. Good guys wear black. Okay, I reckon that's about uh, some good guys who wear black. Uh, it is Chuck Norris film. Okay. The CIA. The tagline is the CIA can't afford John T. Booker. Dot 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 alive. <laughs> <laughs> the best. I already know what that film is. Uh, Force of One. Yep. Also stars Chuck Norris. Okay. Funnily sure. enough, and the yep. tagline is. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> it's either the tagline or Jaden Smith has uh, oh, been best. tweeting from okay. the past. He hears the silence. He sees the darkness. He's the only one who can stop the killing. And it's him floating in a kind of amorphous tube in the middle of space. Wow. He hears the silence. <laughs> he sees the darkness. So he's got synthesis, synthesis, right? I mean, We've done an episode about this. How does he get shit done? How do you hear I mean, the, he's hearing all that silence? He hears the silence. He sees the darkness. Yeah. What? He's blind. No. No, Must because be. like, you see darkness at all times. He sees the darkness. Like, we all experience darkness, but we experience it as an He's absence. sitting in a lotus pose, too, so I'm assuming yeah. he's somehow connected to the, the I don't know, like... Or maybe he just maybe he just sees the band The Darkness. A force of one. Maybe he just goes to a lot of music festivals. He's like, oh, you know, my favorite band is The Darkness. He sees <laughs> yeah. The Darkness all the time. He experiences like different countries. Experiences the Muse. <laughs> He's on the Big Day Out tour. <laughs> uh, the Octagon. He's got flaming lips. The Octagon stars. Okay. Chuck Norris. Yeah. And the tagline is, "The Ninja, Unholy Masters of Terror." No one will admit they still exist. Dot, Everyone dot, dot. admits they exist. Only one man can stop them. Oh, really? Who? I don't know. Aaron Norris. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris's brother. Uh, and then there's Lone Wolf McQuaid, which I believe is a good film. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe probably, I imagine probably that. Not, I imagine. And the tagline is... Oh, God. Here we go. Lone Wolf McQuaid? Yep. The Mad Dog Criminal. Yep. The, lone wolf, the Lone Wolf Lawman. The ultimate showdown. Well, I guess. I mean, it's the mad dog criminal and the lone wolf. Oh, because they're both dogs. Is that what it is? I mean, it's barely anything. Okay, well, it's like someone. Get Adam Sandler involved in that. and uh... <laughs> Adam Sandler's barely enough. In the mid 1980s, Aaron. Began writing and directing. Yeah. He has directed and produced many films. Which ones? His credits include... Now, I wonder who they're going to star. I mean, it'd be great. Uh, Braddock, Missing in Action 3. Let's see who oh. stars in that. Oh, Chuck Norris. <laughs> uh, I mean, the tagline. Third, uh, you know what, he's the- fighting for everyone who can't fight back. Braddock. He, you know what? I thought the third in the Braddock series was the best. Yeah. Okay. Platoon leader. Who's this going to star? Chuck Norris. Um, Michael Dudikoff. Oh, the dude. Shit, this is his first one yeah. breaking from breaking the yeah. home stable. Oh, no, right. that, oh, that would have been tense. Going out on his own. That would have been tense at Christmas. Mate, it'd be, like, the, it'd be like when the Warburg brother fucking started the hamburger store. Yeah, right. He'd be like, guys, yeah, I've got this idea for Warburgers, and, but you're going to have to be in some episodes. And they're like, well, I guess we've done well. It's <laughs> the least we could do. <laughs> I guess we could. Delta Force 2. Who do you think that stars? Delta Goodrum and <laughs> Delta from Gladiators. Delta from Gladiators and Force also from Gladiators. <laughs> and Viper. <laughs> Un- uncredited. <laughs> That's us, Chuck Norris. Tagline. Okay. Oh, so he went back to Chuck. He had one film away. Yeah. He dallied then, with Michael Dudikoff. What was the Who hasn't dallied with Dudikoff? What, what was the what da- was the tagline to the Dally with Dudikoff? Do you dare dalliance with Dudikoff? What but what was the tagline of the Dudikoff dalliance? Uh there was no poster so there was no tagline. Oh, okay, all right. Um, okay. But uh <laughs> Delta Force 2 the Colombian connection. Oh, hash, uh, was it a colon? Hashtag, was it like a 
What was colon? the colon? It was a colon. Yeah. It's called, well, there's actually two subtitles. Right. Delta Force 2, Operation Columbia, Operation Stronghold. That's weird. Was it Mission Columbia? Oh, no. Sorry, Delta Force 2, The Colombian Connection, Operation Stronghold. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the only problem with that film was not enough words in the title of that film. Yeah. All right. His next film. Is that the title of the movie or the description of the movie? Uh, it's, I think it, uh, I, well, the hyperlink says it is uh, the Colombian connection. Then when you open the the poster, it says Delta Force 2 Operation Stronghold. Wow. Okay. His next film is The Hitman. And they've put stars on the poster this time. It got, okay. it got three and a half stars from, can't read it, someone from the Los Angeles magazine. Also, just for the record, yeah. uh, any film that puts three and a half stars on the poster. <laughs> it's average. As, as the top rating. Like sometimes you can do, there was some uh, movie that came out like this year that like basically got rave reviews, but somebody gave it like a one star review. And on the poster where they did like the wall oh, yeah, like, sorry, they star the reviews, one. they just had that one that had like, the one or whatever review in there. Yeah, it's very and I just funny. like, that's fun. That's like, that's you acknowledging the fact that it's, even though all these people loved it, we live in a world where we're taking the things that the people who love them and putting them on a poster, but we're actually representing the fact that, yeah, guess what? Not everybody's going to fucking love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was really Be- fun. But if you're leading with three and a half, yeah. like if that's your like, hey, are you looking for something average? Yeah, this is, uh, well... At best? Are you looking for something oddly, average oddly at best? Enough. <laughs> oddly enough. So there's two reviews, quotes, have put on the poster. The top one... It's three and a half stars. Astonishing by someone, someone okay. or another from the Los Angeles Times. But underneath it, the second review, where they haven't used the symbols of the stars, they've just flat out written a four-star action movie. Oh. It's like, oh. why didn't you just put four stars up there? With Chuck, And then underneath it, with Chuck Norris in a new kind of strongman role. Oh, no. Something, I feel like that was written by the producers. Yeah. That's like something from a paid article they got written. Yeah. So, then he's got Hellbound. Oh, yeah. Who do you think that stars? Uh, Chuck Norris? Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris made a lot of films that he got his brother involved in, though. Like either What a good brother. You know do what? Do you know what a tagline for this one is? Yeah, tell me. A Chicago cop is about to face... His worst nightmare, dot, 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 dot. Only this time it's real, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> There's a lot of dots in his titles and taglines. There's a lot of dots. It's, man, I've got the feeling this looks like it was made in the 90s, 94. Chuck Norris, because it's like Because it looks like a knockoff. There was a, there was a, uh, uh, a Sylvester, no, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Came out a few years after this. It was uh-huh. in the 90s back when it was like all kind of Nine Inch Nails from the soundtrack right. and stuff called End of Days. Did you ever see that? Whereas Arnold Probably. Schwarzenegger plays a New York cop who's <laughs> been on a bit for 20 years. And uh, he um, is an alcoholic. His wife left him. He's basically like John McClane. Uh, yeah. And then uh, he gets, you know, signed to one last case, whatever, and it's the devil has come. It's, I think it's, it was made in 99. It was about like the year 2000 being the year that the, the devil arises. And so uh, Gabrielle Byrne... <laughs> Plays Satan. And what I love, just for the record, is the fact that we think we're so evolved now in our fucking modern society with our fucking iPhones and shit, and we mock the people who were scared of the fucking big ball of fire in the sky and shit. But the meltdown that we as an evolved fucking species had over the fucking millennium. Year 2000, yeah. Like, we went crazy. The computers are going to fucking take over, and like the world will blow up, and yeah. cults and shit. Yeah. Like, that just happened, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. We are fucking idiots, yeah. and we have not evolved that much. Like, we've done heaps of good shit, but fuck, we are moron monkeys sometimes. So, because the poster for uh, End of Days was 1999, yeah. but when you flipped it, it was 6661, but, you know, let's look Hang at on. this 666. Hang on. now that I've seen this evidence, I take back my former comments. This I did not realise this conspiracy went so, so, so 6661. So Is go- that one there? Meant to be that? <laughs> no, 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 just ignore that. It's a line. Yeah. It's a border. 666 and then a border because it's so scary that you need a border. So Gabrielle Byrne plays Satan and there's a scene early on where uh, Schwarzenegger runs into him and uh, he shoots him with his gun and he gets back up 
And he's like, I am the Prince of Darkness. I am eternal. I am the one he cannot name. You cannot kill me with mortal weapons. So what does Arnie do Fuck, for the rest of the By the, the way, film? loves to bang on the fucking Prince of Darkness, <laughs> apparently. Arnie spends the next, like, 90 minutes just getting bigger and bigger weapons. And every time he shoots Satan, Satan's like, dude, you can't kill me. I'm eternal. It's just a body, whatever. You can't kill me with mortal weapons. And Arnie's like, a bazooka! <laughs> no, you know what he's fucking doing? He's doing the iTunes terms and conditions. Like, iTunes tell what? us, have you ever read, Charlie? Yes. The thing that you agree to on no, a daily basis, the legal document when you download something from iTunes, have you ever read that? No. No, and you accept that you have read it and you sign this legal yeah. fucking document every time? This is that movie. Like, essentially, the devil is saying to humanity in this movie, hey, here are the terms and conditions, and we just fucking blindly refuse to fucking read them and just come back better, bigger and better every fucking time. Like, we're... It's, anyway, we're fucked. We're fucked, Charlie. All Human beings. <laughs> I feel... Here are my plans to fix it. No. <laughs> Do you want to go back to Happy Gilmore? Yeah, no, I want to know more. Or do you want to know more about no, Aaron no, Norris? No, I'm done with Aaron Norris. Oh, my God. Just like everyone else. <laughs> There's a little so- bit in his Wikipedia where it's like, you have actually officially passed the bit where people normally stop. <laughs> Are you doing a podcast? Before his first tournament, Happy asked Chubbs why he didn't play real sport, like football or something. Carl Weathers, who played Chubbs, was a professional football player before becoming an actor. That's trivia, I guess. Because he's chubby. No. Chubbs. He's not chubby. Oh, no. Carl Weathers is, like, muscular. He's bloody Apollo Creed. Why was he called Chubbs? That's a good question. The concept was inspired by Adam Sandler's childhood friend, Kyle, who was a hockey player. Carl regularly played golf with Sandler and Sandler's father. Carl is now a teacher in Manchester, New Hampshire, Sandler's hometown, and coaches the high school hockey team. I feel like maybe Kyle, Adam Sandler's friend, maybe added something to IMDb himself. But also, that's a loose inspiration. Like, that is in no way the story of Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore isn't about a guy who played two sports at high school and now teaches fucking hockey. Well, no, but I think you'd extrapolate from the fact that he's a hockey player who got played golf with Adam, that he was an angry hockey player who, you know, couldn't hit the ball and turned up in his fucking hockey jersey. But that's that not even shit. the story of Happy Gilmore. Like that's yes, an act- yes, it is. He's a oh, hockey player who yeah, wants to be a... Yeah, but there's no implication in this guy that was inspired by, like, fucking was a hockey player who hated golf but then became really good well, at you golf. Did, you don't. That's why I say you extrapolate from the information that you No, you. I'm just saying that Adam Sandler has just, like, taken those two things and extrapolated it to a diff- very different idea. It's barely fucking inspired by this guy. It's like saying that Steven Spielberg saw somebody phone home once and that inspired E.T. No, but I'm saying there could be more to the story that isn't listed well, in that Well, why isn't it on Wikipedia? It's on IMDb. Oh, IMDb. Sorry. <laughs> Apologies accepted. Apologies accepted. It's accepted. One deleted scene in the movie involves Happy throwing the nurse home orderly out the window. Uh-huh. Did, that Sandler, Did that happen? After finding out how badly his grandma was treated. It's a bit dark, yeah. really. Isn't it? No. I mean... It's just my grandma! Thrown through the window like Goodfellas style. Right. It's comedy. That's what comedy was. <laughs> the only two true PGA golfers in the movie are Mark Lai, uh-huh. the golfer who talks to Happy at the cocktail party, and Lee Trevino, the silent golfer who shakes his head in disbelief, only says the lines, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> I remember that line. Do you? Nick Faldo is Australia's own, right? No. Is he Australian? Nick Faldo? I do not believe he is. No. Nick Faldo is mentioned, but never seen on screen. Uh-huh. According to Adam Sandler, Christopher McDonald, Shooter McGavin, had difficulty believing Shooter would be afraid of fighting Happy due to his size advantage. McDonald is 6'3", while Sandler is 5'10". My height. Well, I'm a bit taller. That's also basically that actor going, I could punch the shit out of Adam Sandler. They debated for a while until Sandler convinced Four McDonald rules, three a team. that Shooter was afraid of Happy's violent temper. I think what really oh, happened yeah. is Adam Sandler said, I'm the star of this movie. And I call it, we, no one can even remember your name, Shooter. So. <laughs> was the very first winner of the MTV Movie Award for Best Fight. First year. Yeah. For Best Fight. Yeah, so that would have been like 96. I mean, it's amazing in that time how prestigious that award <laughs> has become, but back then. 
In uh, 2011 with the AV Club, Christopher McDonald claims he originally turned down the role excuse me, of Shooter several times because he was growing tired of being considered typecast as antagonistic. And he no. is. Christopher McDonald yeah. has an antagonistic face. He's got one of those faces. He's like the guy who plays uh, Walter Peck in Ghostbusters. Uh, William Atherton. He's just uh-huh. the quintessential, hateable prick face. I mean, there's just some people who bring that to the table. Bradley Cooper had that. Before he got all handsome and charming. I don't know. I think he still has that. He's a prick. Easy prick. He's a dumb prick. I mean, I don't know, but like he has that. You can believe him as a prick. You could definitely believe him as it. <laughs> <laughs> In a 2011 interview, he said that he turned down the role because he didn't want to be antagonistic. Okay. He's typecast. He reconsidered playing the role after Adam Sandler dumped an enormous amount of money in his lap and said, you'll work Tuesdays through Wednesdays. You can go to the casino. By the way, I'll buy you a car. Here's a car. No. Uh, he said he'd previ- he enjoyed Billy Matter. He enjoyed Adam Sandler's previous film. No, there's no need to lie, mate. No, that's okay, mate. We know what's going on. Uh, and while he was playing a golf tournament in Seattle, while taking a break from his filming, and it means, anyway, okay. realizing that he was playing an antagonist in a comedy and having been satisfied with the script, I think he I feel updated like this. Yeah, this is him. He's like, he didn't really want the role. This is like an. I didn't really want it. I just, mean, he didn't really want we it. We call this a justification. Uh, uh, I've been satisfied with the script. He asked for an arrangement to be made so he could meet with Adam Sandler to discuss the movie. Upon the first meeting, McDonald ultimately he decided. He asked for arrangements to be made. I would like to make some arrangements for Mr. Sandler and I to discuss the movie. McDonald ultimately decided... I feel like you're being very antagonistic. Well, you know what? This is from an interview with the AV Club, so it's probably true. Yeah. (laughs) The internet. McDonald ultimately decided to accept the role and said it remains one of the best decisions of his career. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Happy's shaggy homeless caddy, Alan Covert. Oh, yeah. I think that's one of his regulars, right? Yeah, I think he's... Yeah. Yeah. He's named Otto in the credits. This name is never spoken in a deleted scene. Oh, this name is spoken in a deleted scene, but never the main feature. I mean, isn't it amazing when you watch Adam Sandler films to imagine there was anything that they thought was not good enough to be in them? Yeah. But there were. There were, <laughs> there were deleted scenes, apparently. Things that were like, even for us, this is not good enough. <laughs> Bruce Campbell auditioned for the role of Shooter McGavin. Oh. I could see that. Yeah, that'd be good. Joe Sakic of the NHL Colorado Avalanche appears uncredited during the hockey tryout scene. Carl Weathers missing his arm is the same one that's shot off in Predator. Nice. Oh, I like that. Okay. That's a coincidence. Within the recurring commentary team. I mean, it could be one or the other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh my God, it's the same arm. Yeah. If it was the same finger or maybe the same, like, but there's two arms. Like, it's probably a coincidence. Yeah. It's 50, 50, 50 chance right. of being right. We're padding this out. <laughs> Within the recurring commentary team that's seen throughout the tournaments, the co-commentator Jack Beard never speaks. Oh. Happy's car is a, he gives a fuck. Kevin Costner was offered the role of Shooter McGavin, but declined. Ah, oh, oh, that could have been great. Costner. However, he did play a golf pro in Tin Cup. Unnecessary information. You had us there. You fucked it with the second bit. Costner is like a bit in my Sandler camp, whereas I'm like, oh, I hope man. there'll be a time when Costner I does something fuck. good. Who lo- no one loved Maybe Costner. Maybe I'm making this movie. He, Costner's he had a fucking you could be a cockhead face. Oh, I, no, and personality. I, yeah, no, I agree. I don't think he's a great guy, but no. like, I've got some time for him. If you build it, he will come. <laughs> the hockey game in the opening scene features the now defunct role hockey leaving Vancouver. Who gives a fuck? In the Waterbury open scene, Chubbs is seen wearing a Lacoste V-neck jumper with a logo as a crocodile. Very similar to the Chubbs nemesis, the alligator. No, no, that was not different. an intentional. Different. You dick fucks. Right, we we are making shit up now. Ed O'Neill and Steve Tom make cameo appearances at the driving range. Oh, yeah. Okay. Al Bundy, hey? Yeah. The first hey, day... the dad from Modern Family. Oh, yeah. Do you that's, reckon... Oh, that's yeah. his... No, nah. oh, more than Al Bundy? Al Bundy's pretty iconic. Yeah. Oh, but... for like people who are fucking old like yeah. me. But also, I think... No, I actually think that... And I agree with you. I think Al Bundy is an iconic character, but I actually think that Modern Family is probably a bigger show than Married With Children ever was. Even though yeah, it was what's like more a... Orga- what's uh, more organic? What's more iconic? I mean, he's interesting enough that he's, like, the interesting thing about him is he's probably had a couple. You know what I mean? Like, a bunch of people from that show. Particularly the, like, what's the, oh, shit, Kathy, um... Lee Gifford. (laughs) No. What's the... Kathy Bates. No. What's the name of the actress who was in Married with Children? 
Katie Cigar. Oh, Katie. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, you misled me with your completely incorrect name. Oh, right. So are Katie and Kathy that different? No. There's an H, which is like, this is the only... Okay, here we go. I'm going to lawyer this out. Katie and Kathy, you've said that they're very fucking different words, right? However, the only difference between Katie and Kathy is an H, and sometimes an H is silent. So there might have been a silent H, so it might have been fucking Kathy. How the fuck would I know? So- Mr. Anderson, <laughs> you're being interviewed for murder. <laughs> One more pitch. Um, okay, so um, she she's amazing. She's like, I yeah, thought that would be great. her big thing, but she's well, not we a bunch of Well, we talked about her last week. She's married to Kurt Sutter. Or did yeah. we not mention that? I don't think we did, but we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's amazing in no, that she's show. Cool. She was great in Futurama. She's like got a few fucking cool things. Yeah, I mean, pocket. look, Married with Children, I must admit I enjoyed that quite a bit. I did a... Uh, as a 14-year-old Well, boy. here's what I will tell you. Uh, I did a New Zealand uh, comedy panel show. Oh, with, yeah, with David Vorsina. Yeah, I definitely talked I about believe it's. Uh, I believe it's one of our very first episodes. Oh, the title really? of the episode is May the Forstino Be With You. <laughs> Forgettable even in that role. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit, let's not talk about Married with the Children because we must have talked about it in episode yeah, five. Okay, we must have. <laughs> we've reached that point, the singularity. Oh, my God. Where we've discussed everything possible. No, this is the reboot. We're doing the reboot. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's the reinterpretation. We'll just get Zack Snyder in yeah. just to jazz things up, give us some good visuals. Yeah. Hey, why, do you want to do another one? Uh, what time is it? It's eight o'clock. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah we'll, why don't we squeeze in another one? We'll do All like right. a. Well, it's only shooting up then. Yeah, yeah like a we'll short episode. Yeah, okay. We'll yeah. Do that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, we've got something I want to talk about uh, in part two next episode. It'll be a week later, right? I mean, we're well, trying to do it a well, week. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, uh, okay, well, we should mention the Patreon. Thanks to everyone who's supporting us on the Patreon. Please, if you want to sign up to the Patreon, uh, you know, you can give as little or as much as you want, but it helps us. And what we're trying to do is put out the podcast every week on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, and that's partly because of you guys, you know, supporting us. You don't need to, of course. Uh, if you're not in a position to do that, but you know, we have had people who have obviously supported it and, and who would like to in some way. And all we're really using it for is to kind of bring you more stuff. So you know, kind of the more you contribute, the, the more content you're going to get. And if you stop contributing, you, that's, I guess you guys saying that'll do. Pig. Yeah. Yeah. That'll we'll do. That's we'll fine. Know. That's all right. Just tell us we've gone to the big podcast, uh, convention in the sky. Right. Oh, Charlie and Will used to have a show, but. Yeah. They went to the farm. And then they started talking about stuff they talked about in episode five. Right. And people were like, fuck this shit. It wasn't that good for David Faustino's Google alert start blowing up again. <laughs> He's like, what? Every fucking five years, you fuckers get around to me? Are we too far out for you to plug shit? Uh, no, no, no. I need to plug shit. Then uh, do it. Fire at Will, uh, Adelaide uh, is on sale. Brisbane Comedy Festival is on sale. Melbourne International Comedy Festival is on sale. Sydney Opera House, April 7, one night only, is on sale. Perth, uh, first week of May, three shows. Uh, that is all on sale. Uh, April 21, I'll be at the Meltdown Theatre doing it in Los Angeles, California. That is not on sale yet, but that is the night we'll be doing that. Yeah. Don't um, try and buy tickets to that one. And You'll feel foolish. Uh, April 9th. April 9th uh, is the live TOEFOP at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It's exciting. I'm very excited. We've seen some art from Fosdyke. Uh, the art is pretty great. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll get some posters printed and sign them and people can, if you would like to buy one or whatever or something. But I think it's if pretty we are going to like be giving away artwork, there's going to be... Not to give By the way, away. why are you saying giving away again? Like, literally, I can't suggest the fucking idea... <laughs> Like, without you trying to undercut us. Like, we paid James to design this. Sorry. We have that was a... I misspoke. I intended to sell. We're already in the fucking hole here. For negative 50 cents a poster. (laughs) We can't go lower than that. Negative 50 cents for a poster. But that means you want to give me 50 cents. We'll give you the poster. I understand that. (laughs) Negative 50, Charlie. Charlie, Put Charlie in front of the merch table. Charlie has already sticky tape 50 cents to every poster. (laughs) He said, we'll all love it because of Chris Grant. I'm like, oh, I do. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> that's a deep cut. Yeah, that's a deep cut. Yeah, no, I, uh, I do worry that people will draw dick and balls. Very, very uh, um, um, uh, susceptible to dick and ball graffiti 
This poster. Uh, because there's a giant dick and balls in the middle of it. <laughs> like, it's literally dick and balls, Charlie. Have you not noticed that James often designs our posters with dick and balls in them? No, like, no. the one of me uh, having tea with the Queen when I had the, did the London show, it's... Like that, it's a dick and balls, and this new poster is a dick and balls. Like Amy said to me the other night, she was like, "Does James always do dick and balls?" It's <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of dick and balls, but I love it. Sums up the podcast perfectly. Right, it's nice. Um, so uh, that's all we have to promote. Uh, yes. Next, this there, you know what? Because we're about to record it, we guarantee there will be an episode next week. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Oh.